The St. Louis Cardinals, again, in need of some pitching coming up in this offseason, whether they go through free agency, whether they go through the trade route. Either way, they're going to have to find some money to figure out how to get these guys onto the roster. Josh Jacobs from RedbirdRants.com and the Newt News Podcast joining us today to talk about one of the ways that perhaps they could free up a little bit of that money and use it towards some of these free agent pitchers. We'll talk about it today on Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow us on Twitter, X, at J.D. Sports Radio, and the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. We want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to stop by YouTube and join us there for the visual aspect of this show, you can do that as well. Like, subscribe, comment. That way you're interacting with us. Hit the notification button so you know when the new episodes are posted. That way none of them sneak past you. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. They just give it to you. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. To get started, as I mentioned, our buddy Josh Jacobs from RedmondRants.com and the Newt News Podcast joining us today. Uh, Josh, you've been a busy guy. A slew of articles have popped up <laughs> at RedbirdsRant.com. And when that happens, I know I got to try to get you in here so we can uh, get through all of it. Uh, a bunch of stuff that you covered, including free agent pitcher salary projections and how the Cardinals could benefit from what the experts are projecting. Now, before we do this, I know I'm going to spring this on you. I forgot to tell you about this, but yeah. I want to show you a picture real quick and i just okay. want your thoughts on this uh because i'm getting conflicting reports is this picture right here of oh, newton shohei yeah. is that wbc time is that when that took place yeah sounds like that was from march because i initially okay. saw that too and i was like whoa what's happening and then yeah, yeah it was some picture that came from march so they're not hanging out right now as far as you know. As far as I don't. know, that's true. <laughs> you never know. I, I just want to clear that up because I threw that yeah. picture out because I saw it circulating all of, all of a sudden. I'm like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Wait, hold on a second. Why are they on a beach somewhere together? I yeah, figured totally. Shohei would be rehabbing somewhere since, uh, you know, Tommy John surgery and all. Uh, all right. So now that we got that cleared up, mystery figured out. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about these uh, pitcher projections because we're starting to see a lot of these lists pop up from um, – you know, the mainstream experts, you know, Jim Bowden and company are putting out lists of uh, the different free agents and how much he thinks that they're going to cost. We just did a show about this yesterday. And one of the things that you noticed clearly and I noticed as well is that some of these numbers aren't exactly like outlandish numbers that were like, whoa, no way we're going to pay that. They're actually not too shabby. Uh, <laughs> gotta, yeah. You know, what are some of these guys and what are some of the projections that uh, stood out to you that give you hope that the Cardinals could actually pull off landing a couple of these guys? 
Yeah, for sure. And it's across the board. I mean, there's different projections to different guys, but like the first one that stuck out to me is Blake Snell. As I was kind of running the assumption outside of Yamamoto, he is easily going to be the highest paid pitcher in the market. But you're seeing deals where it's like five years, 125 million. So he's getting like 25 million a year annually um, for five years. That's not a crazy number for a guy that's coming off a Cy Young worthy season. Will be a two time Cy Young winner, award winner by the end of the season. Uh, I just think that's 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 something way lower than I thought it was going to be. Aaron Nola, I kind of thought we're looking at 30 million a year for five years or 25 for eight, and it's more like 25 for five. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez might be 20 million or under. Sunny Gray is about where we thought in the low 20s over three years. Um, so I think that's a really encouraging sign for Cardinal fans is you're not looking at a Garrett Cole mega deal going out there. You're not looking at a Steven Strasburg deal going out there. You're looking at a contract comparable to what Kevin Gossman got a few off seasons ago, which is it's a lot of money, but it's not insane to give out one or even two of those kinds of deals. And so I think everyone should be expecting or should have been expecting the Cardinals to go after one free agent pitcher, um, one of Nola Snell, Yamamoto gray, something like that. But now it's, I feel like it's really realistic that they can grab a tier one guy where, whether it's, Nola, Snell, Yamamoto, and go grab Sonny Gray, Eduardo Rodriguez, someone like that, and still have money left over to clear up the bullpen a little bit, to trade for another starter. I think, obviously, the market could play out differently, but now that it's coming from Keith Law, Jim Bowden, other sources as well, it's not just one person projecting this. It's kind of what the market feels out right now. Um, That's good news for the Cardinals right now. And, and as you mentioned, like things can fluctuate. I mean, it yep. just takes one crazy guy from San Diego to throw out a ridiculous contract to somebody, yep. and then everything just changes and gets blown out of proportion. It can yep. happen. But from what we're seeing, like you're not going to see something like uh, what Carlos Rodon just got, which, you yep. know, a lot of Cardinal fans, myself included, thought that he would have been a good signing this past offseason. Obviously, injuries took its toll on him this year, and he was awful. So you're, yep. you're kind of like, whew, kind of. Got away with one on there, but uh, we're not seeing where it's going to be one of these, you know, six, seven, eight year deals or anything like that for some of these guys. Uh, you're looking at the five, 125 range for a lot of the top guys, which, uh, as you mentioned, that seems reasonable because normally these contracts are just going to get worse. They're not, they're not going to yeah. get cheaper as you move on in time. So you get a guy for 25 this year. A guy with similar numbers might go up to 28 next year. So, uh, you know, if you can get them now and these guys are like 32, we're not talking about 35 year old guys. We're not talking uh, the Verlander and Scherzer, $43 million at their age of 40. And, st- you know, we're not talking about that. We're talking about guys yeah. who are supposed to be like in their prime. Like they, they got to like three or four solid years left before any decline might happen. So uh, very encouraging. It's very encouraging to see those numbers. And uh, let's hope, uh, Mo and the boys are aggressive and are able to uh, land at least one of those guys. Um, Money-wise, let's be honest, the Cardinals aren't broke. We know they're not broke, but they choose to spend their money differently than a lot of other franchises. That's just the way they've been. Um, They have an idea, I'm sure, in their mind already of what their salary is going to be to start this season. Okay. We talked last year, uh, you know, when he said payroll was going up and I like immediately was like, yes, 200 million. Let's go. And that did happen. The Cardinals have an idea of where they're going to go and to fit some of these bigger contracts. If they go after these guys, they're going to have to free up a little bit of money. They're going to have to get a little bit creative, which means uh, they got to find different ways to come up with the with this cash and tendering 
and non-tendering arbitration eligible players is one way that you've pointed out that the Cardinals would be able to free up a little bit more money this yeah. year. So uh, up next, what we're going to do is we're going to go into Josh's article, which you can read right now at redbirdrants.com. And uh, we're going to go down the list here of uh, the guys that he thinks the Cardinals should or should not tender. And we'll be doing that next year on Locked on Cardinals. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Now, right now, new customers, you get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So let me break that down for you because math can be hard. $5 money line bet, you win that, they give you $150 to use towards whatever other bets you want to go to. That's $150 if your team wins. Pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on the action. The app is very easy to use. Trust me, even myself, I was able to figure it out in just a few moments. There's a wide range of betting options. Uh, we've got spreads, player props, which are always a lot of fun, over-unders and more. Um, this weekend in the NFL, there's a lot of fun matchups. Uh, Dolphins Chiefs are going to be playing in Germany on Sunday morning. So that could be, uh, th that's going to be a should be an interesting game as long as like Pat Mahomes isn't sick again. Uh, Cowboys at the Eagles is going to be huge. Bills at the Bengals on Sunday night. Uh, my Packers stink. So, I mean, just bet against them no matter who they're playing because they, they're horrible this year. But you can get on the action and make some money this week. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Thanks again for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. You can leave comments on YouTube as well as on Twitter X anytime you want. Your feedback is always welcome and encouraged. Uh, you'll be able to find Josh on uh, his Twitter X page, which is Josh Jaco uh, MLB. Uh, you obviously can find me. You've got our uh, Twitters. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that below our faces. There are beautiful faces, by the way. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so uh, get at us. Let us know if you like what we're talking about. Great. If you don't. Let's have a discussion about it. It's quite all right. That's what the offseason is about. And uh, Josh just put up a, a couple of different articles at redbirdrants.com. You can also find him on the Newt News podcast. Um, he's got a list of guys here to either tender or non-tender. They're arbitration-eligible guys, and they're either Cardinals can either decide, yes, we want to pay them, or they can say, no, we don't need to do that. We're going to non-tender them. So we're going to make our way down the list that Josh has here. We're going to start with a guy. Very controversial. I, I've loved this guy just because he's got all the talent in the world. Tyler O'Neill or Bro Neal, as we call him here on the podcast, all the talent, speed, power, defense, but he can't stay healthy, can't stay on the field. In your opinion, Josh, tender or non tender, Tyler O'Neill? I think you got to tender him, but I made it very clear at the very beginning for anyone that's already panicking at the idea of Tyler O'Neill being back with the Cardinals next year. I think you tender him because he still has value on the trade market and you can easily get a reliever in return for him. Or at this point, there's some starters out there like a Shane Bieber, potentially the Tyler Glass now type, where he could be a part of a package to get you that third starter. Um, I think, obviously, as a Cardinal fan, he's very frustrating because of the lack of ability to stay on the field. And even when he's been on the field, he just hasn't been the same. But as of like in terms of pure value, even in only playing 70 games last year, he graded out to being a player that's worth about seven million dollars a year in free agency. So like when you think of pure value, if you're paying him about five and a half million in arbitration, you're not like 
giving him $20 million a year, hoping that he's going to play. Even if he can just play a little bit, his speed and his defense makes him a valuable player. And then if he even gets back to being a slightly above league average hitter, that's a great player. And so I don't think the Cardinals can afford to have him on the roster again at this point. I think you got to move off him. You can free up the money, but I don't think it's wise to just cut him. I think you've got to tender the contract and then find a suitor pretty quickly. And I think there'll be some out there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've, there's a guy named Adolis Garcia who was just, uh, you know, playing in the postseason very well that the Cardinals, you know, just kind of let go and yeah. uh, that it work out so well. And if that were to happen with Tyler O'Neill, uh, the reaction from Cardinal Nation would be nuts. You know, uh, oh, yeah. as much as people complain about him, if he went on to somewhere else and pulls off a healthy season and is good like he was a couple of years ago, everybody's going to freak out. <laughs> so uh, at that price, it, it's hard to argue because. What, what are we thinking May, between five and a half, somewhere around that is where yeah. his, he's probably going to get. I mean, think about what a starting left fielder with 30 plus power, you know, 30 plus home run power, what that would garner on the free agent market right now. Oh, so man. it's definitely a bargain, whether you like Tyler O'Neill or not. Um, yeah. He's worth the risk is what you're totally. saying. Definitely worth the risk. Uh, let's move down to uh, a couple of pitchers here. Let's go to Dakota Hudson. Um has had some injuries, a serviceable pitcher when he's on his game, when he's getting the ground balls. Obviously, you see him, he's just a ground ball machine when he's on. When he can't find the strike zone, that's when he becomes very, very frustrating. Uh, a tender or non-tender for one Dakota Hudson. What do you think? Yeah, at this point, you've got a non-tender Dakota Hudson. I think it's a little bit different if you didn't have as many depth options as you do now. I think that's one of the things the Cardinals did a great job of at the deadline is they brought in a Sam Robers, Adam Klopfenstein, a Drew Rom, and then they do have Zach Thompson, Matthew Libertor. Like at this point, like where does Dakota Hudson even fall in the pecking order? Is he like the ninth, tenth best guy? And when you're in that range and you're getting paid four million dollars, you just gotta you gotta go. Um, I think he'll be picked up by another major league club pretty quickly, maybe on a guaranteed contract. Maybe he's a minor league deal, so he's not out of the league. He's still he's still sure. fine. Um, but the kind of talent he brings to the table right now, there's plenty of guys the Cardinals can pay sub a million dollars a year to and get equal, if not better, value. So Dakota Hudson is a non-tender candidate for me. Yeah, he, he's always seemed like a guy that uh, would fit as one of those, you know, double play relievers where you bring him in yeah. and he's for like an inning or so. But, you know, he's been able to start in his time in St. Louis and they gave him ample time to try to show things off at the end of this last year. And, you know, Zach Thompson was better. He just was yeah. at the end of the season. So, um, yeah, the time for Dakota Hudson in a Cardinals uniform, it could be up. All right. Moving on to our next one. Uh, Jake Woodford uh, had a great spring. Everybody got very excited. When I say everybody, I mean me, because I was like, <laughs> oh, no, we finally found one, a diamond in the rough. Jake Woodford's going to be this fifth starter that's going to blow everybody away, and we're going to be so surprised. And that didn't happen. He had a bad regular season. He had some injuries. Uh, pretty much known mostly for getting flexed on by Nick Castellanos at Great American Ballpark uh, when he was with the Reds a couple of years back, which led to the uh, benches clearing brawl uh, when in, uh, the first year Arenado was with the team. I remember uh, I was at that game, actually, and I was okay. like, oh, my gosh, look at Arenado losing his mind for his <laughs> new teammates. This is great. Um, but Jake Woodford now tender or no tender. 
you got to non-tender him as well. Again, that's a more manageable number. He's projected to make just above a million dollars, so it's not that much savings that you're getting. But again, you got to look at the pecking order, all those guys I just mentioned, and then you could also mention Gordon Graceffo, Michael McGreevy. I just I don't see a scenario where Woodford starts for this team again, and then maybe he's a bullpen arm, but I think they've got plenty of options in that realm as well, and they're looking to add more. So I think that's just another million you can save. Yeah, there just really hasn't been anything special about Jake Woodford. No matter what role he was in, they kept trying him because they wanted to give him a, a chance, but there's nothing ever stood out about the guy. And uh, perhaps a change of scenery would be good. I I don't know. But uh, like you mentioned, they, they've got so many guys now that can fill that role. A need of Jake Woodford is that, and if he's if he's starting for the Cardinals at some point next year, we're talking about a big, big problem oh, <laughs> going yeah. on with this team again in 2024. All right, we're going to continue down the list here with Josh Jacobs from RedbirdRants.com momentarily on Locked On Cardinals. All right, once again, joined by Josh Jacobs from RedwoodRants.com. He is also part of the Newt News podcast. If you haven't tuned yeah. into that yet, you guys should check it out because uh, they've always got great guests, uh, great opinions, all of the stuff that you're loving about Locked on Cardinals. They do some similar stuff there at the Newt News podcast. So uh, give them a chance if uh, if you get a, if a shot to download it and watch it um this particular article that we're talking about is at redbirdrants.com josh just uh, posted it up on friday so uh, we're going through non-tender and tender arbitration eligible guys trying to find where you know the cardinals could free up a little bit of money just to make themselves feel better about spending that money on uh starting pitching and uh, perhaps some bullpen guys uh they need both so uh we're making our way through the list here going to a guy who uh, i just did an article about um, about trades that involved Dylan Carlson. Uh, very injury prone the last couple of years, which has been a bummer because three years ago you're talking about uh, rookie of the year votes. Like he was right up there in the uh, finals for that. Uh, once your top prospect in your organization, he's still quite young. Tender or no tender for Dylan Carlson? I think this is a pretty easy one. You've got a tender Dylan Car Carlson and something to say off this too. Um, collectively from all the non-tenders, I will end up saying we're doing like, it might feel like, okay, 5 million here, 1 million there. What does that mean? It'll collectively add up to about 14 to $15 million. The Cardinals can save right there. And that's like a, potentially a number three starter or yes. one or two good bullpen arms. So it does matter. Um, in the case of Dylan Carlson, again, he's making about $2 million next year. Um, when you look at the Cardinals outfield, they have a lot of options, but they don't have a lot of center field options. You're, if you get rid of Dylan Carlson, you're down to Tommy Edmond and large new bar. And then you've got to go down to Victor Scott. So I think he plays a role with that way. And then also again, like even if the Cardinals decide that he's not a part of their 2024 plans, he's more valuable as a trade chip than just cutting the $2 million he's set to make. So I could see him being used as a trade package for a starting pitcher this offseason, or he could easily be the fourth outfielder of this club. He still provides uh, a great value against left-handed pitching, even in a down here who's about 20% above league average against left-handers. He's still a quality defender out there, and he was a top-20 prospect in baseball. Like He's been injured. He, had a, he was a rookie of the year candidate. He had a great second season and then things kind of fell off the last two. So I, I don't see a reason to move off of him so quick. Um, and so, yeah, I would tender him a contract, but it doesn't mean he's for sure in their 2024 plans. 
Yeah. I mean, the, the fall for Dylan Carlson, um, I just, you know, I, at the beginning of the season, because I'm still that guy that was very anti having Jordan, Wa- Jordan Walker on the roster at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year. I wanted them to go to AAA, kind of earn his spot because you already had Dylan, Lars, O'Neill at the time. They're all healthy. Uh, and you already had your outfield there. And it just pushed Dylan Carlson, who, again, wasn't that long ago. He was your top guy. And he became a fourth outfielder for you, like just like that. And this is two years removed from that that rookie year where he was so good when he was the only year he's been healthy. And it it just blew my mind that they were like, yeah, you're going to be our fourth guy. I just it amazed me that they were able to move on from him so quickly. Um, I would love to see him get another chance. I I really would. I'd hate to move off of him already. Uh, I think the uh, tendering of him is a, is a no-brainer, obviously. Yeah. He's also, if I had to choose between him or O'Neal and I had to move, if they were going to get similar return for you, I'd most likely want to keep Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill. I'm ready to move on. Yeah. Age difference and everything that's involved there. Yeah. I just feel more comfortable having Dylan back on the team. But uh, as you mentioned, he could be part of a, a, a package because somebody out there might see him as that top prospect still and be like, you know, we really would like to bring that in and uh, maybe we can make it work. Um, Andrew Kisner. Now, Andrew Kisner, I will admittedly made fun of this dude for the last couple of years. And then this year out of nowhere, he becomes a pretty decent offensive player overall, overall. Now you point out in your article where, Things slid a little bit at the back end yeah. of the season for him. We know he's a huge guy in the clubhouse. People love him. You know, everybody got bent out of shape when uh, the players are like, eh, Kisner's like our captain. And we're like, what? The backup catcher is? What? What are you yeah. talking about? Um, but obviously the players love him. Coaches love him. He's a solid backup catcher. Tender or no tender on Andrew Kisner. Yeah, this was a difficult one. I think the Cardinals end up tendering him and probably keeping him. But if I were them, I would non-tender him or potentially trade him. But I would, I'd be comfortable non-tendering him at this point. Back in August, he was hitting better than all the Blue Jays catchers that the Cardinals were linked to. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I was like that Andrew Kisner of all people. Um, but then toward the end of the year, as he started to play more, it tapered off again, and it really kind of feels like he has those short spurts where he's a, a good productive catcher, and then it falls off. He ended up being a negative WAR player. I think if Ivan Herrera wasn't there you keep Andrew Kisner no brainer because yeah. he's a quality backup. But when you have Ivan Herrera available, it's time to give him an opportunity. He had over 900 OPS in AAA this year. He was really good in his short sample size with St. Louis. Again, Wilson Contreras should be the primary catcher. So you're not looking for Ivan to start catching 120 games, but to trust him with 60 to 70 starts a year, I think this is the time to do it. And so you can save another 2 million there on Andrew Kisner. I'm sure the clubhouse won't love it. It'll be sad, but that's some of the tough decisions you have to make. Yeah, that's baseball. I mean, people have, you know, the club's got to do what's best for them. And remember when Trace Barrera was on the, on the team and they were carrying three catchers and people, Oh man! Oh my gosh, you, you would have thought they had done the dumbest thing on the planet. Uh, they just weren't sure. They were kind of like, I don't, we kind of, we don't know if we're going to need him or not. Contreras, yeah. we don't know what he's doing. Um, but Yvonne Herrera, yes, he's ready. He's ready to be a pro. I liked what I saw from him behind the plate. And I like, I just love his aggressive swing when he's up at the plate. Like, I just, he looks dangerous at the plate where Kisner looks like, 
well, I guess he could run into one here and there. Yeah. But like Herrera, Herrera looks like he's got something. And uh, I would love to see it grow at the major league level in 2024. All right. How about a guy that some people might not even remember he was on the team, but uh, left-handed reliever John King came over from the Rangers, part of the deal for Monty and Stratton. Uh, did a good job. Did a good job in the bullpen uh, for a bullpen that was very disappointing this year. He, he was actually somebody when he came in, you weren't like, oh boy, here we go again. But decision has to be made. Do you tender or non-tender John King? This is another one where the Cardinals could go either way. But if I were, um, especially with their idea of bringing in two high leverage relievers this offseason, I would go ahead and non-tender John King. Now, it's kind of weird. If you look at his numbers at St. Louis, he had a 1.45 year array. So like Mm -hmm. on the surface, you're like, what are you doing? But the upside with King is not really there. Like I would be shocked if he was below a three ERA next year. His FIP was almost four. So there was a clear difference between the actual outcomes he got and what the expected outcomes were. His, he's just not a guy who's going to develop into a high leverage guy. So you're looking at middle of the bullpen type guy. But you've already got Gallegos. You've got Helsley. You've got Jojo. Packy Naughton's coming back. Wilkin Rodriguez. If Zach Thompson's not starting, he's probably a swing man in there. Then you bring in two more high leverage guys. Guillermo Zuninga. I just can't keep going. And so I think, again, he's a little over a million dollars. You can save a little bit there. If the Cardinals feel like their depth isn't there, I can see why they would want to retain him and have him be one of those Memphis Mafia guys that kind of comes up and is on the shuttle. Um, but I think overall with their ideas to bring in so many pitchers this offseason, I just don't think King is super necessary. But this is more of me just trying to free up as much money as possible to go after the big needs. And I'm not going to let $1 million to my ninth best reliever get in the way of me making a really good move for a true number two starter. So that's why I would be pretty ruthless there. Yeah, I mean, imagine if you say, if Mo came out and goes, well, we got John King, so we couldn't get Aranola. <laughs> What yeah. would you do then? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and another name that you can add to that list too, where I don't know what he's going to be is Matthew Libertor. I don't know if he's going to be a starter next year. He might find himself. I mean, he looked pretty good out of the bullpen this, yeah. this last year. So, I mean, if you're just looking for places that these guys can be productive next year, because if they go out and get three new starting pitchers, there's, unless you know, when Matt's goes down, I guess you can count on that, that these guys can <laughs> slide up. But at the moment you are, Putting Mats and Michaelis into that starting rotation, you're going to add three. Libertor maybe at some point, but maybe his best spot is a bullpen next year. So you're talking about him and JoJo, and uh, you mentioned the other lefties, Naughton, who should be coming back and stuff. But like yeah. you've got other guys that can fill these roles, and you know, keeping a John King around you're, again, you're not going to let that hinder you from doing something bigger for the team. So that's just another way to free up money. So uh, you can find this article at redbirdrants.com. I will have this uh, linked into the show notes and uh, below in the comment section on YouTube if you guys want to check that out. Before we let you go, Josh, uh, thoughts on the World Series? Uh, You got to see a bunch of former Cardinals get that ring. Jordan Montgomery got it. Stratton, Maddox, uh, Miller. Adolis Garcia gets it. I mean, pretty cool to see some of these guys. I know we wish they were all in the Cardinal uniform winning it, but pretty cool to see them do it with the Rangers. Yeah, you got to be happy for all of them. And it was cool to see Zach Gallen shoving in game five, too. Like, I felt really good for him on that end. And the Diamondbacks fought hard. I mean, the, if they would have won the World Series, they probably would have been the most improbable World Series winning teams we've had. And as long as I can remember. Um, so that's a great run for them good for the Texas Rangers and I'm always looking at things through what can the Cardinals learn for this from this eyes 
And I just love that the Rangers are the one to win the World Series because they're kind of the blueprint for what the Cardinals need to be doing this offseason, bringing in the pitching. And then I actually really like that it wasn't Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer that led them to the title. It was Nathan Ivaldi and Jordan Montgomery. So you don't have to have a number, like a top five pitcher in all of baseball to go win a World Series. You need a one-ish and you need a two that can pitch up and when it, the, uh, the moment matters the most. And so... And Aaron Nola has shown that before. Sonny Gray has shown that at times. Jordan Montgomery obviously just showed that. So I think there's guys available this offseason where you might have to squint to feel like, are they a number one? They're not an ace. They're not the like Cy Young candidate. But when you get in a short game series with the lineup the Cardinals have, if you can stack up two of those guys and it's quality number three, you can make a run like the Rangers. And so it wasn't the Braves who won. It wasn't the Astros. It was the team that... Sh- built their team in a just with eyes after October and it worked. The Cardinals need to follow suit. Yeah. And I was getting a lot of texts that night. Like, yeah, look, look how good they are or whatever. I'm like, I would love to have a $250 million payroll to uh, yeah. go ahead and do that. Will the Cardinals get to that point? Probably not, but uh, they can make smart additions to the state. A uh, couple yeah. of the guys on that team, Andrew Heaney, he's going to be a free agent. And yeah. uh, so he's somebody that I would be more than happy to bring in as your number three or your number four guy. If you want to put Michael as I have, I have no problems with guys like that at all. Um, Jordan Montgomery though. What are your thoughts real quick? on a possibility of coming back because obviously him doing as well as he did in the postseason, uh, he's going to be quite sought after a lot of people, like even in that story about Jim Bowden, it was like, he's got him ranked ahead of Blake Snell as far as free agents and money he's going to get, which was a little bit shocking. But do you think there is any hint that or hope that he could return to the Cardinals after just winning with the Rangers and going through a tumultuous season in St. Louis? Oh, I think there's for sure a shot he comes back. Now, how probable? I'm not sure. Um, And I'm not even sure the Cardinals have him as their number one, two, or three priority. Um, But I do think it's possible. I'm a little bit worried about his number getting pretty inflated now that he had this postseason Mm -hmm. run. And instead of being a low 20s, he's maybe mid to high 20s a year annual value. But I think there's a real shot. And then the GM meetings start early next week, different than the winter meetings. So you probably won't see as many moves. But next week, we should be able to start hearing like teams legitimately connected, not just we think they're going to go after, but like they're going to start having conversations. You're going to be able to see what are the teams in a Montgomery? Is it the Cardinals? Is it not? So I think that'll become pretty clear a week from now. But there's interest on the Cardinals end. It just are they the most interested team in him and how interested is Montgomery in them? And remember, Boris is his agent. (laughs) Yeah. So show me the money. Yes, things get a little pricey when Scott's involved and, uh, you know, he's the shiny new toy that people are going to be like, ooh, we got to get that now. Look at that. So um, might get priced out of the Cardinals range. And if he gets to a level where you're not comfortable, then I can understand why uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't give him anything. Give him the offer that some of these guys might throw at him. So but we've got all of this to talk about and more. Once again, I want you guys to uh, do Josh a favor. Go visit him on Twitter X. Also, check out redbirdrants.com and uh, the Newt News podcast, which is up and running. So uh, go check those out. And uh, Josh, as always, I appreciate you coming in and uh, chatting some Cardinal baseball with us. We want to thank you guys for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. If you haven't already, give us a follow on Twitter, X as well, at LO underscore Cardinals and a JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube to help our channel and our love for the Cardinals grow. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason, and we'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.